Do you have a desire to help others? Are you unsure of how to do that in a godly way? Well, join the Care Pastors as we take a trip over the next five weeks dealing with figuring out the difference between codependency and compassion. This series is entitled, What's Your Motivation? Compassion or Codependence? Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church, and uh, we're excited that you're here with us. I'm Gene Beckner, the Care Pastor, here with uh, Josh Masters. Good morning or afternoon, afternoon depending wherever, or night, whenever you're wherever listening you to this. Correct. And, and what time zone you live in. Exactly. Yes. And Doug Wildman is the other pastor. He would know about that since <laughs> just talking about being in Manitoba. Yes. Okay. He's lived in doing? many, yes. m- multiple time zones. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Romania, all yep. kinds of places. And uh, I'm just lucky to um, get daylight savings time. Romania, that's when someone's really excited about living in Italy, right? You get Romania. That's terrible. Like, that should be cut out. Alex, you should cut that out. Yes. And Alex is at the helm. (laughs) He has a a chagrin on his face. Oh, we're using big words today, aren't we? Yeah. All right. So we are uh, finishing up this podcast series. We're on uh, number five. And so we want to know what's, what's your motivation as we look at whether it's care or codependency. And uh, we have looked at, um, you know, some of the tendencies uh, of what codependency looks like. Uh, we've also looked at how Jesus handled things and maybe how we could have a more uh, biblical response to the people in our lives and what those relationships look like. And so today what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of – you know, land it and bring it back to uh, you, the listener, and say, "Hey, how do I do this?" You know, if if you're saying Jesus is the example, and maybe I notice I have some codependent um, tendencies, um, how do I not do that? How do I become uncodependent? You mm-hmm. know, how do I do it in a way that, um, you know, I'm even aware that I'm doing it well. You know, because sometimes we can be doing things and not know if we're doing them well or not. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some tools that we believe will be helpful um, and some assessment, some self-assessment that you can do um, as you are taking a look at those relationships. So, um, you know, and Doug said this before we came on air that, you know, probably the the number one tool for anything is to what? Is to pray. Yeah. Yep. And um, you had an interesting concept there about praying before you, because one of the other tools we talked about was the Bible. Yeah. I personally have found that if I approach my reading of the Scripture, um, kind of in the same same way that Samuel said, uh, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. here I am, you know, what do you want to say to me? Um, that's the way I, that's the way I approach the Bible now mm-hmm. is I, I just kind of say, Lord, um, show me what it is that you want to be illuminated mm-hmm. to me through this. You know, I mean— we can read that same passage a hundred times and God mm-hmm. will speak to us in a different way right. every single time. So I think, you know, I guess it's kind of a, it is a posture that we assume, but it's also just asking the spirit, hey, would you would you speak to me right. in exactly the way that you want me to be spoken to? Same thing with when we, when we hear sermons on, mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Um, Lord, what is it that you want to say to me today? Right. Um, and he's faithful. I sure. think that's a kind of prayer that he he does like to answer. You know, if you 
lack wisdom, ask God, mm-hmm. and uh, he will give liberally to anyone who asks. That's James 1, 5. That's one of my favorite verses. And you use the word posture, and I think that's an important concept is that we come before God with a posture of humility. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a huge concept, especially if you are aware um, that maybe the way you're going about your relationships aren't healthy, uh, yeah. instead of going into it going, well, I just need this trick, or I just need right. this tool, or I just need this thing, yeah. and I'll fix everything. Instead, you're going, and you're not even going to necessarily go, God, fix my relationships. Um, although I think that will be um, where we end up. I think you're, like what you just said, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to spend time with God. What do you What do you want to say to me? Mm-hmm. What do you want to say to me when... I'm praying to you, and what do you want to say to me as I read your word? Yep. And that in and itself will begin to change you, which will in turn change your relationships. And you're preparing yourself to listen. So you're not only asking God to reveal something to you, but you're yep. preparing yourself exactly to listen. So I think that when we rush into, and I've been guilty of this, if, if you're rushing into a spiritual practice... Mm-hmm then you're not really preparing yourself to gain anything from that spiritual practice. You know, Doug, you mentioned, you know, just like we do for a sermon on Sunday morning, we are asking God to reveal to us what he wants to say to us individually. Mm -hmm. But if we're a person who rushes in at the last minute or comes in late and you're trying to get your things together and pull out your notes, you're not really posturing yourself Mm -hmm. to hear from God. And it's the same thing when you go to scripture. Are, are we preparing ourselves before we go to scripture for that time in the Bible to be profitable? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's great. Because just like anything else, you would prepare yourself. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like doing stretching before you run. Right. I, I hear. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I don't personally. Well, when there's food in the break room, I've seen some people pull yeah, their hamstrings. Yeah, I can sprint to the kitchen yeah, for sure. I've yeah. seen some hamstrings get pulled. Um, <laughs> Well, I think that's good that we talk about that because I think one of the other tools is is to act on the insight that God gives you, you know, because the Bible has many references where people don't do what God has told them to do. In fact, I think Perry was just talking about it when we were in Revelations on Sunday, you know, that, that the people are listening to God's Word, but then they don't do anything with it. So... You know, if if you do prepare yourself and you posture yourself and you get to a place where you've heard God and you've or you've you know either audibly or in your spirit or through reading it in the Word and it kind of jumps off the page like we talked about, then the next piece of that is is you got to act on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. um, any information that can transform us if left dormant is useless. You know, because if I know that um, God is telling me to to go to my brother or go to my sister to make things right, and I continue not to do it, then those those things that we talked about, those codependent tendencies, are probably going to become an easy crutch to go back to mm-hmm. because what God has called me to do seems to be a little tougher than what I want or what I'm what I think I'm ready to do. You know, and I would just encourage anyone listening is, is if is if you read something in God's Word and it kind of jumps off the page and you feel like God is moving you in that direction, He's going to help you do it. It may seem hard, it may seem difficult, but He's if He brought it up to your attention, then He's going to help you carry that out. It's not like you're by yourself. Right. Right. And hopefully you're living in, and we'll talk more about this later, but 
hopefully you're living in a community that will help mm-hmm. you get there as well and continue to lean on God as you as you take that path. Absolutely. I think another tool that's really good, and, and Josh, you're familiar with this one, um, is the uh, the idea of taking a daily inventory. Now, whether it's an official Celebrate Recovery tool or if it's just the concept of the tool itself. So if you want to kind of speak to that. Yeah, the daily inventory from Celebrate Recovery is very, very powerful. And, you know, we've said this many, many times, but Celebrate Recovery is not just for drugs and alcohol. Right. That's like a third of the people that come. The other two-thirds of the... Actually, the biggest group is codependency, wow. uh, people struggling with codependency. And the, the idea of the daily inventory is to make sure you're staying connected with God each day and that you're allowing him to speak into what you're doing each day. So mm-hmm. you ask yourself questions. Where did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Where did I not do the right thing? Are there places that I need to make amends? Mm-hmm. Is there places that I need to forgive someone? What should my prayer be? What is What healthy steps am I going to take in my recovery or my healing or my spiritual growth that day? Mm-hmm. And it's just a list of questions that see where did I do well and where did I miss the mark? Mm-hmm. And then you deal with that with God. It's like... Uh you know, taking the time to slow down and to process, you know, what, what's been happening. I love that, that last step that you mentioned. What steps do you want me to take now in light of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, how often do we go about our Christian life and God is speaking to us and we're like, wow, that's awesome. And then it just kind of gets lodged in our brain somehow and lost. Well, I think it's important when we do the daily inventory and celebrate recovery, we write it down. There's a little booklet that you can get, but of course you could just do it in a notebook. It's just five questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's vital, I think, to write it down because I think it's too easy to justify our behaviors and go back to a place of complacency, even if you see it. Well, I really shouldn't have yelled at my wife today. I'll do better tomorrow. And then you move on. Mm. Well, you haven't given that the opportunity to settle in your spirit Mm -hmm. and become really real to you. But when you write things down, it really makes a big difference. It sticks with you more. That's really good. And that's true, I think, with any type of confession. Mm -hmm. If If you're writing it down and then you tell it to another person, which is why in James it says, don't just confess your sins to God, confess them to another person. Right. Then it becomes more real and you feel more convicted, I think, to do something about it so that you don't have to write the same things on your inventory every single day. Mm. And, and you start seeing patterns when you write them down too. You see patterns and go, oh, well, I've had to write down that I lost my temper eight days in a row. Maybe right. anger is an issue. Right. Would you say that it's best to do that in the evening? I mean, because you're looking back on the day, right? Yeah, I try to do mine in the evening because, it, well, to be honest, it starts the day off in kind of a negative thing if you're focusing on... <laughs> on where you didn't miss, where you didn't hit the mark. Or you're really um, good because you haven't made any mistakes yet. Or you haven't made any mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm doing pretty do good. It, it's 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like that prayer. Like yeah. I, so far I haven't <laughs> made any mistakes. I haven't yeah. sinned. I haven't gotten angry. Yeah. But in a minute I'm going to get out of bed. Yes. So yes. I'm going to need your help, Lord. <laughs> um, no, if you do it in the morning, you're looking at the previous day. Yeah. But I think there's more value in doing it at night because you have the day fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. and Scripture says, 
if you're angry, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Correct. So if you wait till the morning and then you realize you've got some amends to make or some forgiveness to do, you've you've gone too too long mm-hmm. according to scripture. So I think it's better to do it at night. Now, one thing I do want to add is that you have to keep your daily inventory balanced. It's not a tool to just beat yourself up. You should also show hmm. where you did godly things, where you mm-hmm. reflected God's light, where you showed compassion, where you uh, showed kindness to someone. Your daily inventory has to include both the good and the bad. Otherwise, you're, it's not a healthy balance. Hmm. I, mean, I think another way to look at that is, you know, as we look at, at these assessment questions, you know, what do I do... And what do I think, like, automatically without being, um, you know, triggered into anything? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, am I naturally kind of pessimistic? You know, am I am I melancholy? Am I anxious? Am I kind of paranoid? Do I not trust other people? Am I worried about being left out? At the same time, it could be, you know, am I my desire for God's Word? Like, do I find that I want to read the Bible? You know, I find sometimes there are days I can't wait to read it, and other days I'm like, ugh. You know, I don't have time, you know, but like pay attention to those things that are are coming up without you really having to work at it, you know. Hmm. Um, you know, like we like we talk about Lisa Campbell in the care department, hospitality oozes out of her. She cannot help it. That's part of who she is. Mm-hmm. And so I think like you just said, um, Josh, it's good to have a balanced view of it, you know, to say there are things that I think and do that honor God, and there are some things I think and do that don't. But let me have an honest appraisal of um, who I am. And I think one of the scriptures that we talked about, um, we had a couple of them, but the one that got my attention was Psalm 139.23, where David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts or my disquieting thoughts. I think that was the Hebrew that we we saw, mm-hmm. uh, or my concerning thoughts. And I think that's part of that inventory or that assessment is to, you know, we can fool ourselves into thinking we're really terrible or really great. But if we say to God, and this goes back to what we said about prayer in the Bible, if we go back to God and we're at that posture again of being humble to say, okay, God, I'm going to allow you to search me. I'm asking you to search me yeah, so that these things can come to the surface so that I can get healed from them. Um, and that kind of goes into that second assessment question that we have, which is how much time do you spend with God and what does that time look like? Because like you said, if you're not preparing yourself and you're rushing into your your quiet time, it's just like any other relationship. You know, there is a quality and a quantity aspect of it. But if I'm not preparing myself, just like, a, you know, if my relationship with a person, if, if I'm rushing into my time with my girls or my wife, um, it's probably not going to be a really great time. It's going to feel really unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And so... We need to look at our earthly relationships, but also with our, our time with God, you know, because if if I'm not making him a priority, then you're not going to get a lot out of it. You are going to uh, reap what you sow. So that's a, that's, and the, the good thing about that is, is that is between you and God. 
Like we could all compare our quiet time in here and it may be quite different or our time with God may be quite different. Mm-hmm. But if we are if we are getting something from it, that's what matters. You know, I think sometimes this cookie cutter approach to things yeah. is damaging to people. Like, oh, you're supposed to do this for five minutes and do this for fifteen minutes. Well, but what if there's what if I get lost in there and I want to spend an hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if 30 minutes, or, or it could be 10 minutes, and I get what, and God gives me that word, and I'm like, man, that was awesome, and um, I'm done. You know, we, we have to, just like any other relationship, you know, there's got to be some freedom in that. But if you find that you're in uh, having issues with your closest relationships, if there's codependency more than healthy care, what we would suggest is you go back to, okay, what's my time with God look like? Yeah. Because that's where my life is going to come from. You know, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. It's supposed to be overflowing. And so when it's not, we have to go, okay, let me go back to the source. Yeah. And I think another good question to ask yourself if you're assessing whether you're operating from compassion or codependency, how does someone else's personal decisions affect my mood, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. Codependency is about your joy and your contentment is based on what other people are doing and your control over that a -hmm. lot of times. Mm -hmm. So when someone makes a decision that has nothing to do with you, but you didn't choose it for them, how does that affect your mood? How does it affect your feelings? And then that's something to examine with God because that's a really good sign that you're moving toward codependency versus Mm -hmm. a compassion for the person. And, and I think just being honest that you were affected by it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. without you, and you can't blame the other person, but you got to be like, yeah, your your mood or your decisions impacted my mood. Now I got to ask God, hey, why is that, you know, why is that happening? Um, right. Which may lead to further questions about like, especially your key relationships, like, is there mutual respect there? Mm-hmm. You know, are there healthy boundaries? You know, is there trust do we do we have a solid foundation? Because mm-hmm. if we don't, you know, it's it's going to slip. You know, eventually we're we're going to fall because when things get rough, we don't have anything to to steady us. And it, you know, like this too. It's Psalm um, ninety four eighteen nineteen. It says, "I cried out, I'm slipping, but your your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me when doubts filled my mind." And again, that idea of disquieting thoughts from the Hebrew comes in there. Uh, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. And to me, that's a key, key word is that God is the one that will do the comforting, not the person changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that's one of those essence of the difference between care and codependency because how many times are we going, well, if you would just behave, if you would just be nice to me, then I wouldn't feel this way. Right. Yeah. And I like how those two verses go together Mm -hmm. because in one verse that you read earlier, Psalm 139, 23, it says anxious thoughts in English, but it's Mm -hmm. in Hebrew, it's the disquieting thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then the same one for doubts in the other one. But in Psalm 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart, test me and know my disquieting thoughts. So first you're asking him to reveal it. Mm -hmm. And then we see in Psalm 94, when those disquieting thoughts fill my mind, 
your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. So first you have to let him reveal it mm-hmm. and then you let him fill the hole. Yes. I like that. And then I think one of the other, um, as we, as you do this inventory or as you look at um, self is, is this idea of, of confession. Um, you know, are there things that I need to confess, you know, like you just said a while ago, Josh, whether it's to, you know, yes, you want to confess to God, but you also want to confess to others. And part of that is is what repentance is, you know, because if during this series you've heard those codependent tendencies and you're like, oh, that's me, then that may be something to start your confession with, you know, is to say, God, I have chosen, and you may not have even known it, but now you do know. So you chose something instead of God, and now we have to go back and say, okay, let me confess to God that I chose to do it another way, because what's great is 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess that he's faithful and just to forgive us mm-hmm. and to purify us or cleanse us of wickedness or unrighteousness. And so what a beautiful promise that you go, okay, I mm-hmm. see the mistake I made. I see the mistake I'm still making, maybe, because maybe as I go through my inventory, I see that I keep doing these things. But to start the confession piece, because if you don't know that it's not God's way, you'll just keep doing it. Right. And I think that that's why, to go back, the daily inventory is so important. Mm-hmm. Reg- regardless of if you're using the exact same qu- questions Celebrate Recovery does. But it's easy to go, well, yeah, I got angry, but she made me mad. Yes. But when you have to write down every day, well, I got angry. I got angry. On Wednesday, I got angry. Mm-hmm. Thursday, I got angry twice. At some point, you're going to start realizing, oh, I'm the key ingredient yes. in this. And mm. and that will help you realize that you have something to confess. Right. Whereas otherwise, we can just justify it. Well, this person did this, and so my response was justified. Yeah, and I think when you look back at, at relationships, if... If it's the same story every time, mm-hmm. you're the common denominator. Mm-hmm. Right. And that may be hard but to, to admit, but that's why we want our identity to be in Christ. Is because even if I have had all these mistakes and I have all these, these issues that have followed me, um, you, you are coming to a place today, right now, where mm-hmm. God's saying, look, I'm going to expose it because you've asked and mm-hmm. now you have the information. I've equipped you to be able, through my spirit, to be able to start the process of overcoming. Some things happen instantly, and other things take more time because they're deeply rooted. But the great thing is, is that we are not by ourselves. You know, He doesn't leave us to do this by ourselves. And I love this this Second Corinthians three eighteen that says, "All of us who have had the veil removed." Can Such a great see, phrase. I know, mm-hmm. and reflect the glory of God. Yep. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So for the person who's listening who says, well, I just want to be accepted for who I am, it doesn't fit with Scripture because God says, I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you. But we have to have the veil removed. We have to have the scales removed mm-hmm. so that we can see it. And for some people, that is very difficult, you know, coming to the end of yourself, so to speak. 
Yeah. You know, and seeing yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and going, oh, I'm undone. Yeah. You know, I'm unworthy. You yeah. know, I see the mistakes. And if, it, and if it's a worldly view, then there's a lot of regret. There's a lot of grieving. There's a lot of gnashing of teeth. But with God, he says, now I have somebody mm. who's willing to receive what I can give you. Now that you've, you see yourself, you see that you need me. But we yes. put on the veil ourselves, sure. right? It's like when you watch a scary movie yep. and you're like, I'm, I'm going to cover my eyes. Mm. I don't want to see this part. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we do that with our lives, mm-hmm. right? When, yeah. when we come to a scary part in our life or a scary part of our character defects, yeah. we're like, oh, I'm going to cover my eyes. I, I don't want to see this part. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, I've had people say, this is just too much. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, to judge the person, but I'm also going to say, is God bigger than that? Mm-hmm. Intellectually, they know it, but in their heart, they haven't experienced it. They haven't had <clears throat> that personal experience with him to say, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. I can trust him. And yes, yeah. I, I'll allow that to happen. Because, I mean, it's just like surgery. Nobody wants to have surgery done, but it's going to be better when you're on the other side most of the time. Mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of what he's doing here with, okay, let's, yeah, let me take your hands off your eyes yeah, so that you can see yourself clearly. Because when, yes. when we see ourselves clearly, you know, what, what does it say? That we think we're big and bad, but we're really naked. Mm-hmm. We're really wretched. <laughs> You know, it's like, mm-hmm. eh. you know, our best efforts are filthy rags, right? Yeah. So if all that is true, but there's no Savior, then I might stay there because yeah. that's the best I can do, you know? Yep. I'd rather do that than, you know, try to be a quote-unquote good person and then it's still no good. Mm-hmm. But if I if my my actions are filthy rags, but there's a Savior who says, you know, let's trade yokes and mine is easy, mm. and I'm gentle and humble, and you can come learn from me, well, now that's different. But I would, I would dare say that most people have not had authority figures who have been gentle and humble. Right. Um, as we land this, the, this idea of um, community is so important. So in, in care ministry, like last year, we talked about that. That was our main thrust for the year was being in a, being in a caring community. You know, be with other folks who can help you in your relationship towards Christ mm-hmm. and who are going to journey with you, that are going to be encouraging to you, but also, you know, hold you accountable, you know, to those things, not in a legalistic way, but in a way to say, we can't keep doing things this way because you're hurting, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, Josh, you said this before, and if you haven't, you can act like you did. Um, but like, but <laughs> Is if it you, good? I'll take yeah, credit for it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, okay, if, good. If you knew someone had cancer and you had the cure, you wouldn't say, well, I'm not going to share that with you because that might be too hard for you. So I'll just sit with you and tell you that you're a great person mm-hmm. and encourage you every day, but you're dying of cancer. Right. No. You would give the person the cure. Yes. And you would be there with them encouraging, even if it was going to be painful at first. And so the great thing about Care Ministries is that we have several thriving uh, communities. Mm-hmm. You know, Celebrate Recovery is one, which, you know, 
uh, Thursday nights. Other times we, you know, you have workshops and you have, um, of course, Fel- those fellowship events. Fellowship events. I mean, I, I know that the um, step studies are closed, but again, those are offered pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with reengage with mm-hmm. uh, the marriage ministry. There's um, opportunities to come to a large group. Mm-hmm. And see other couples, and then be able to start to move into you know a smaller a smaller group. You know we we have counseling, we have support groups. So, just encouraging you that if you've heard, if you've listened to this whole series, and you're going, man, that's me. Like those codependent tendencies are in me, and there's several of them, or just one major one. You know, at the end, we always give you a way to get in touch with us, and I just want to encourage you to do that. So, you know, God desires um, for transformation mm. in our lives, but in a way that, you know, will be obviously beneficial to us. Uh, it may be painful, but in the end, it's going to be worth it. You know, the Bible gives us several of those um, promises in his word that uh, when it's allowed to do its work in us. But you may be a little hesitant to do that on your own, but maybe not so much if you had some other people walking with you. So any final thoughts, guys? I guess the thing that kind of came to my mind, uh, kind of touching on that Psalm 1912, it said, um, who can discern their own errors? Mm. You know, it's something that requires a revelation from God. Mm. So this is not an intellectual exercise. This is is, uh, being able to go before God and say, God, what what do you want to say to me about what I'm experiencing right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And and that's important in community as well, mm-hmm. that you're just not hanging out with people that in that healthy community, you have people who will see things in you that you're not capable of seeing and encourage you to go with God mm-hmm. or to God about those things for revelation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Gene, if you don't know how to get connected to a community, call us mm-hmm. with the number at the end of this podcast. And, and we want to help you be in community and Absolutely. we want to walk with you. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, gentlemen, thanks as always. Alex, thank you. And uh, we'll pray and we'll land this puppy. Can you land a puppy? You, uh, yeah. you can, but he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Let's just land the plane instead. Okay. All right. God, we do, we do thank you for your love for us and for your word and for... Uh, your instruction. God, I pray that we would become a people who who do humble ourselves, Lord, who posture ourselves in a way where we acknowledge you and we, we come to you asking for help because uh, your word is clear that you're there. And so, uh, Lord, would you uh, uh, reveal to us those things uh, that you want to show us that um, that we need help with? And then God, give us, bring us people who can help us uh, as we go through that walk. Uh, but ultimately, God, give us yourself and uh, give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you and a heart that is open to you. In Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. 
And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless you.